Welcome to the Ottawa Business Journal's live broadcast of what employers need to know about accessibility standards in 2024. I'm Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. It's wonderful to have you with us today. We are live on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. We've got a big audience of people who are all keen to learn about today's important to uh, topic. A reminder that we want to make this broadcast as interactive as possible so you can ask questions uh, depending on your social media platform of choice, just use the uh, chat function. There is a lot of focus today on creating inclusive workplaces. It's critical to remember that inclusivity includes people with disabilities. That's why today's show features an expert who has worked right here in Ottawa for three decades to help people with disabilities find meaningful work. What's unique with our guest is she's not just a rehabilitation expert, she's also a small business owner who knows what it takes to keep a small business alive. She can relate to the challenges you have. Experience has taught our guest that employers love hiring people with disabilities, especially when they have trustworthy guidance on the best way of doing it. That said, keeping up with the standards and regulations around these issues is not easy, especially if you're a small employer operating on a shoestring budget. That's why we're here today to give you what you need to know about accessibility standards in 2024. Okay, let's introduce our guest. She is returning, by the way. She is the founder and director of rehabilitation at uh, Performance Plus Rehabilita Rehabilitative Care, better known as PPRC. She joins us today to mark the International Day of Persons with Disabilities that took place earlier this week on Sunday, December 3rd. Our expert matches employers with the right candidates to provide guidance and mentorship to ensure success in that matchup. Today, she's here because there are some new accessibility standards she wants to bring to our attention. Please welcome Linda Simpson. Hello, Linda. For the oh. wonderful introduction. Yeah, thank you. It's good to set this up properly. And when we're doing a little bit of research here, uh, Linda, I was on your LinkedIn profile and I wanted to check a fact. You're celebrating your 30th anniversary with PPRC in May 2024. I can't believe that. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's been quite a journey. <laughs> and um, we actually, Performance Plus was the first company to introduce a mobile assessment uh, to Canada. So initially, when we first opened our business, we traveled across Canada to do functional abilities assessments to see if we could help employers bring people back to the workplace. That's excellent. And Linda, if you don't mind me asking a personal question, to devote 30 years of your life to something obviously indicates your passion about this. Can I, can I ask you a personal question? Where does that passion come from in terms of wanting to integrate people with disabilities into the workforce? Well, I think what I always say is that I like to blend, you know, the caring side of the house or the rehabilitation side of the house with the business side of the house. And I do come from a family of entrepreneurs, so I like to blend both. So I really believe that I understand the business needs, being a business owner and having come from a family of business owners. And, uh, you know, I guess the on the personal side, the caring part really comes from my mother, really, you know, being kind, being caring. Being, being respectful, those values, you know, are deeply entrenched. And I think that combining those two, you know, can really help us be effective because we can help businesses understand that there's some changes that need that they need to be made. 
and we can do that in an, an easy fashion and not make it complicated for them with the supports that they need, just the way our clients need support, the persons with disabilities that we serve. That's a beautiful thought, I think. And and I do agree with you. Um, you bring kind of the caring and the business together. So there's a caring aspect to make sure we're finding meaningful work for people with disabilities. But you also keep your business owner hat on and process it through that very kind of practical uh, lens, too. Well, we've, we've got a great show lined up. We're going to give people a little bit of a preview here with our agenda. So uh, in topic number one, we're talking about proposed standards for federal employers and federally regulated employers. In topic number two, we'll be talking about where, sh where should employers focus their efforts. In number three, we'll talk about how PPRC, your company, Linda, can help. And then as indicated, sometime around 1225, we'll be uh, doing a question and answer feature. Again, uh, to our live audience, be sure to ask those questions early so we can pick them out and make sure Linda gets your question. With that, Linda, we'll jump right in with two feet and uh, get to topic number one. What standards have been proposed to for federal and federally regulated employers? So I'd like to just, you know, begin by mentioning that the accessibility standards are in a draft format. So the public actually had the opportunity to review them and the deadline was November the 14th and they're very robust. And I think that, um, you know, they're set up in a, a really nice framework that will help people make adjustments. And the vision really is that, you know, we want to make um, Canada accessible by 2040. That's the entire vision of this entire process. Where it applies to employment specifically, we want to ensure that employers understand the framework. And it's, it, you know, it's a standard, it's, it's, it's a recommendation for you. And it will be, you know, once the, the comments are reviewed, it will be the minister who will decide whether or not this goes into regulation or not. So I just want to bring that to light and make sure that people understand that these are just these are proposed at this moment and that, you know, we'll see what happens towards the latter part of 2024. But I think it's important to be prepared because obviously Canada is moving in that direction. Wonderful. And I just also wanted to mention that, you know, um, you know, the vision really truly is, is that we will have an accessible and inclusive and a very free workplace and one that's free also of uh, discrimination. So in which will make it, you know, more comfortable for people with disabilities to be, uh, feel that they belong in the workplace as well. And, uh, you know, we know that there are systemic barriers out there. You know, we encounter them, we encounter them every day. And um, we really want to ensure when we talk about the caring part, that the services are actually person centered, that people with disabilities get to participate in the development of the framework in their workplaces. And they have lots to contribute, lots of knowledge and lots of experience. And I have learned over the years that it's really important to include them and to collaborate with them. And I've learned those lessons myself as a business owner. And your point's well taken right off the bat. Uh, these are for federal and federally regulated. But I think what you're underlining here, Linda, even if you're a small business owner and these regulations and guidelines don't uh, match up to you, they should still be relevant to you in, in wanting to create an inclusive workplace. Yeah, because what it really does is it encourages you to, you know, uh, have that accessible and inclusive workplace. And they want to ensure that you're also disability confident, that you're aware of the disability etiquette 
you know, when you're welcoming someone to your business or to a workplace, you know, what must you do to, you know, make them feel comfortable? What's the right thing to do? And most employers, you know, have a fear. So we do education. So education around disability awareness and etiquette is really critical because, you know, you can go and implement immediately afterwards, you know, uh, that's what I like about it. We just try and keep those processes simple. And um, they want, of course, the workplace to be inclusive by design. So forward thinking, thinking about, you know, what is it that we need to, what, what do we need to assess in terms of our workplace now? What policies do we need to implement? What do we need to change? What do we need to include in our plans? And there's lots of expertise and lots of supports out there to help with that. And um, also to create an awareness that people with disabilities have talents. Many of them, uh, you know, have double degrees. Some of them, you know, have master's degrees. And some of, some of them are, you know, people who, you know, have come from high school, go off to college or go off to university. And so, you know, we find that we are having a lot of employers reach out to us because we have a large talent pool of exceptional candidates. And, you know, the, the standard really wants you to recognize that people have talents just like you, right? And let's talk about this concept of employment lifestyle, uh, uh, life cycle, excuse me, employment life cycle in, in terms of making sure it's access, there's accessibility throughout that. Yeah, so, so when we talk about the life cycle, we talk about, you know, that, that stage of where you're recruiting, where you're um, actually making the offer and hiring, when you're onboarding, when you're looking at career advancement and, you know, training, when you're looking at uh, promotion, or you're looking at maybe deploying someone to another location, or, you know, the, uh, the period of employment is coming to an end. Right. So those are all of the aspects that touch the employment life cycle. And those those cycles will change over time. So you might be a healthy worker today, but tomorrow you yourself could be impacted with a health condition and you could experience a, a lived disability as well. So and we think about people who wear glasses. Right. And their vision deteriorates is a perfect example that, you know, you can't read the fine print on your screen without your glasses. So you actually do have an accommodation if you wear glasses. So those are some of the things that the standard addresses and really talks more about, you know, how they talk about the guiding principles that are really based on the accessibility standards now that are created so that you, you don't have to go and create the accessibility guidelines. They're there for you. So you just really have to, you know, look at the Accessible Canada Act and those guidelines are there to walk you through the various different steps. And it's really to design your policies and your programs, your services and your systems by including people with disabilities so that they have input and it will make a difference. And at PPRC, we have 75% of our team who self-identify as living with a disability. And I have innovators and creators and people who contribute. So I really collaborate. I go to them for consultations and I collaborate. And they, you know, they continuously elevate the bar. You know, I ask them, what is it that I could do to be more effective for you? You know, so I find that that's really helpful by just having those conversations and that collaboration, those opportunities for people to express themselves yeah. and, you know, provide feedback. It's, yeah, it's such a great point there. First of all, you're practicing what you preach. And I think fundamentally in this topic, it's like the guidelines exist. If you're a small business, 
uh, or, or any size organization, why wouldn't you embrace some of these standards, take advantage of them, leverage them to make the work's been, the hard work's been done. The, you know, the outreach uh, from the federal government to, to draft these guidelines and standards and that. Let's move on to our second uh, topic, Linda, which is where should employers focus their efforts? And maybe you could uh, enlighten us on this a little bit. So we talked a little bit about, you know, the education that there is, you know, there is the guideline is recommending education, obviously education for human resource managers, for, you know, leaders, of course, it's going to start with your leadership and for workers and as well, you know, labor uh, needs to be educated because they also have a responsibility to ensure that the people they represent, um, you know, are accommodated in the workplace. And oftentimes we deal with those sorts of issues where accommodation is not being made. And, you know, when we're talking to the union, we want the union as well to be ensured that they're providing access to their employees, um, that uh, they're supporting them appropriately so that they have accessible meetings and those sorts of things. And then when it comes to onboarding, you know, we want to ensure that there's a good culture within that organization that people can feel comfortable to come to their manager or their supervisor or the business to talk about, you know, their needs for accommodation, that they could be far more effective if they were accommodated. But it does require, there's some onus there on the worker as well to self-disclose and self-identify, but the culture has to be one of trust. So you have to ensure that your people feel comfortable to come to you and trust. And the research is showing that four to 7% of people, you know, are, are disclosing according to what the employer believes but the most recent research in 2023 is indicating that actually it's more like 25% of people who actually a quarter of your workforce actually live with a disability and or a health condition, and perhaps they're not, they have not disclosed. So I don't think that employers can afford to ignore that 25%, because if they all walked out the door tomorrow, we're already having problems. We could be even in more serious problems, right? Um, so I think that those are things to keep in mind and, and be aware of. It's It strikes me too, Linda, that if you are signaling to your organization that you understand people have disabilities and you're willing to accommodate them, you're allow so you're signaling that from from um, from a, a leadership perspective. You're going to have those people, as you just indicate, that might not really want to disclose what their disability is. You might have them come. And if you have an honest discussion and there are some great accommodations, like your level of engagement with that employee is going to be far greater than what it was before. And, and maybe even uh, they'll be more productive. So it's, you know, it's, it's a meaningful relationship and discussion. Yeah. And I think, you know, with regards to that, I think that when you're looking at your, you know, recruitment, you, you want to ensure that you're communicating on your website or in your posting that you're committed, right? Uh, you can make a public statement that you're committed and you invite all persons, you know, including people with disabilities to apply because then they begin to feel comfortable. And then when we look at recruitment itself, you know, we want to ensure that you encourage that self-identification if they feel comfortable to self-disclose that they have a need, they don't have to discuss their medical condition to say, well, you know, I would require, you know, I do have a service dog and my service dog will be accompanying me, right? Uh, or, you know, I do require access to the building. Uh, you know, we need to make sure that that building is accessible. But you want to be able to offer that to people at the onset and make sure you're hosting your interview in a location that is indeed accessible and that is barrier free. And it's really all about removing 
those barriers to employment. And, and the same with your job posting, right? You want to, you know, you could offer the fact that, and this is, you know, the standards are saying this, offer the fact that you do have an accommodation policy. And if they'd like to read it and see it in advance, and this is the person you should contact within the organization if you have further questions. So someone who is trained to respond, who understands your needs. And the same with the, you know, the in the standards, they talk about the, the job application, you know, those applicant tracking systems. And there are some guidelines in the Supreme Supreme Court of Canada has also given some guidelines around these are the things that must exist because people have to have access and or you could offer sometimes they will offer alternative methods. If you prefer, this is another method you could apply or reach out to us. So give them options and that's, you know, makes it more inclusive for them. And also at the interview, make sure that people are trained at the interview that your HR managers are trained, that they have disability awareness and etiquette, that they're approaching people appropriately, they're using plain language so that everyone can understand and they're, you know, they're being inclusive in their practices. And it's really helping employers to build those best practices. It doesn't come overnight, it comes with time. We all make mistakes, that's how we learn as adults. We have all made our mistakes in our journeys, right? In our business journey. It's, I, I mean, that's one thing I always appreciate about our discussions, Linda, that you're like, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. We're all trying to figure things out in life and, you know, approach it with some goodwill and uh, some compassion and, and that will probably get you a long way. I also like the point you made too, that this kind of ex exists on two different levels. It exists on like a policy and leadership pers leadership perspective, but there's a practicality too about whether they can access your access your website, whether they can fill out the form, whether they can enter your office, whether they can be feel comfortable in a boardroom uh, interview. All of this, it kind of it's, it's two different levels, right? It's the it's not the theoretical, but then the, there's the real practical that you bring to the table, Linda. Yeah, and I think you know if people pay attention to, you know, being uh, more inclusive, uh, you communicate that you're going to have a better organization as a result of it. People, you're going to attract people to your organization because right now they're looking to see, you know, what commitments are you making, right? And if you want to attract that talent, especially people with disabilities, they're going to be checking out your website for accessibility. They're going to be looking at, you know, what are you doing in the community? You know, what activities do you participate in? Do you celebrate things like National Disability Employment Awareness Month? Do you celebrate Mental Health Week? You know, what are some of the activities that you're doing? And, and those are all things that, you know, are in the standards around encouraging employers to, to develop some of those practices and set up resource groups. Or you might set up, if it's a smaller, you know, uh, business, it might be, you know, a group of employees, maybe one or two employees that have a committee and they're going to be working on a strategy and a plan and make sure that you have accountabilities, that you have smart goals so that you can achieve those goals and come back and reevaluate. And these are some simple strategies that people can put in place in their businesses, even if you're small. You know, uh, I think that the, the supply can apply to everyone because Yeah, we had Linda Freeze there. She'll probably be back in a second here. I'll just jump in to, to remind everyone that we're coming up to our Q&A session in uh, in just a second. You're back, Linda, by the way. I'll just continue on here for a second. Uh, so we're coming up to our Q&A session around 1225. Uh, we've already had some people asking some questions. Thank you, Jordan, for uh, breaking the ice there. We'll come to your question in just a few minutes. But uh, again, if you've got some questions for Linda, let's take advantage of this opportunity 
Um, and you, you, we're at a perfect point of a, of a transition there, Linda. You know, I think that a lot of people aspire to these things, uh, to be accessible, uh, to have a great workplace, but they, but there's some questions and some hesitations. And this is where in topic number three, PPRC really comes in and can help be like a partner to you to, to make some progress on this issue. So let's, let's jump into uh, topic number three. And maybe we can start off by talking about some something you it's like it's an interesting word and you used it before etiquette. So t- talk to us about the etiquette of dealing with people with disabilities. So uh, you know, disability awareness and etiquette is is really important in the workplace because if you come, let's say for example, you have someone with a vision loss coming to your restaurant and uh, you present them with a menu and of course they don't see what's on the menu but you know you could uh, if they have a service dog or they're using a white cane you might be able to you know see that um that they actually may need some additional support so you could ask them you know uh, you know you could approach them to say you know we do have a braille menu would that be helpful for you or you know how could i help you would you like me to read the menu to you how could i help you you know with your with your choice today so it's really just asking the person how you might support you know uh, i think those are simple things if you ask me then i can tell you and um and and then you know 55% of the marketplace is controlled by people with disabilities their families and their friends so the minute they know that you know you are inclusive as a business, they will come to you, and your business will grow, and you know that will make a difference in terms of your revenues, right? But you know word gets around, and um, you know we've seen it where you know Tim Hortons, for example, uh, accommodated you know people who were deaf and who had hearing loss. So you know, so they become a they became a very very popular Tim Hortons, <laughs> attracting that fifty five percent. So gotcha. that's one of the things that we do is we really make you feel comfortable around you know what is it that you can say and what is it that you should say and how should you say it, and uh, I, I think that you know it's it's a simple process of just learning that, and uh, you're going to make mistakes, but we can say hey have no fear we're here to help you out right, and that's really what it's all about it's really just doing some education. Feedback that we get since 2018 is saying everybody should take this because, you know, if I learn some strategies, I can be more interactive with people with disabilities. I build my own confidence. Right. And I understand, you know, the needs in the, of the workplace and possibly the needs of my customers, you know, coming to my establishment. Yeah. What, what the, you know, your point uh, is well taken. I think it starts with like being aware of it and then being able to recognize it uh, on the and then with the etiquette just asking the question, right? Don't make assumptions. Uh, everyone's going to respond favorably, likely if you ask the question, do you need assistance? Can I do that? That's a very helpful statement. Uh, and then they can indicate whether they want to or not, because in some cases, probably Linda, some people are going to be like, no, I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I can, I can interpret uh, the, uh, uh, in your example, the, the menu and, and order on my own. So that's a good common sense uh, approach. You you also have the ability, um, besides the general etiquette, etiquette uh, training, Linda, to do some customized training. So maybe talk to us about how PPRC uh, determines whether someone needs um, customized training and what that might look like. 
So generally the business or it might be a government department might approach us and we'll talk to them about their needs. What is it that they're looking for? So are they looking for us to deliver a customized, um, you know, presentation to them or training that is directed specifically specifically at HR? And we have done that, at, you know, at the request of certain uh, human resource departments within the federal government. Or it might be a business that's really looking to just really increase the knowledge uh, around accommodation. They don't really know, you know, what does an accommodation entail? How do I go about creating an accommodation plan? How do I approach my worker, you know, after they've approached me? What do I do? What does the plan include? Where are the resources? Most importantly, people don't know where to go. You know, how, if my, per, if the person's saying I need a screen reader, where do I get a screen reader for that individual? They may have their own tools at home, but how can I make my workplace accessible? And so we have an adaptive technology specialist that will help and support that. So if an employer comes to us and we are placing an individual in their workplace and they need accommodation, they need accommodation, we will have a letter of accommodation identifying the barriers and how to remove the barriers. And we do that a lot within the federal departments. We present that when we did the federal internship program, we made it easy. So, and then we worked very closely with their tech departments to say, here's some things that we can easily do to support you and to make it easy for this worker. And remember, we also have to come back and check to make sure that the accommodation is effective and it should be reviewed periodically as the standards highlight as well. Okay. And this is where that 30 years, I can't imagine of experience comes into play because you've probably seen so many different situations and you bring that element of wanting to accommodate and practicality, which is, I think your, uh, your superpower there, uh, Linda. Well, listen, times, listen, times flying. Wow. 1225. We've got a bunch of questions and as indicated, we want to make sure this is as interactive as possible. So uh, I think Jordan, thanks for again, breaking the ice, Jordan, I'm going to bring your question on screen here. Linda, it's an interesting one. Uh, here we go. Sorry. There we go. Uh, uh, how, if any, is an employer required to install or instill accommodations for visiting guests say uh, an in-person meeting for someone who might have a disability. So we've been talking about and making the assumption that people are employees or we're assuming mm -hmm. they're clients, but what if it's a guest? What if it's uh, someone coming to uh, your workplace, Linda? What would be required or what, what should you keep in mind? So, I mean, obviously, you, if you're having a meeting, you want to make sure the meeting place is accessible, right? And that um, that individual is aware of any obstacles that might exist. So, for example, if the building's under construction, you might want to identify that, you know, there is some construction at the front door and, and describe what that is. Uh, as, as someone with vision loss in particular, that would be critical and important. Um, but you can just ask them to say, you know, we're having a meeting and we just wondered if you had any accessibility needs. We are a very, um, you know, um, open organization and uh, we want to be inclusive in, in, uh, in our practices. So if there's anything that you need, could you please let us know in advance? You know, same thing if you're hosting an event, you could ask in advance, do you need accommodation, accessibility accommodation? You could talk to them, you know, give them a number to call. But in the particular uh, situation where they're visiting your establishment, you want to make sure that your people are trained who are greeting them. That's the okay. most important thing, right? And start with that in mind is the person. Yes. So that's kind of like standard policy. Someone's visiting us. Let's see if they have, if they need an accommodation for a disability. That's great. Um, we're going to go to another question. Emily Patterson. Thanks, Emily, for the question. It says, 
uh, this is a good question. Should we be implementing a type of policy for onboarding that states our company will work to accommodate employees for any type of disabilities? Is there a standard policy we should use? So should this actually be built into your HR policies uh, so that you're uh, so that it's it's baked into the recruitment process? So definitely, and I think that standard is definitely recommending you look reviewing your policies and your procedures and including all of that, those aspects of accessibility, right, in, in those policies, because we need to ensure that everyone uh, that we're, we're removing, you're removing all of those barriers. So, and obviously you have a duty to accommodate. So in the accessibility standards um, act, it's also working, you know, very closely with Canadian human rights. So if you look at some of the new uh, information from Canadian Human Rights, that will help to guide you as well. So, and if you have questions about resources, where should I go for this? I would certainly recommend you reach out and we can certainly redirect you to the proper resources. And oftentimes people don't really know where to go. They'll pick up the phone, they'll call me or they'll drop me an email and I will be of, of help wherever I can. That's, okay. you know, what we're here for. And Emily, we're going to be showing you Linda's contact information uh, in just a few minutes. And after the live broadcast, we're going to be, again, sending out a link to the replay video as well as Linda's. So I'm sure she can point you to uh, some of those uh, some of those policy uh, and guidelines as a, that you can use as a starting point. Uh, we've got a LinkedIn uh, user that's, that's obviously keen to um, um, wanting to recruit people with disabilities. He's just, I guess, I think fundamentally in this question, he's saying, is any of this uh, mandatory? Um, so if you're, let's assume you're a private sector SME, Linda, is, is are what we communicating here today that you are required to uh, accommodate uh, and recruit people with disabilities? So right now you, I mean, it's at your, it's at your uh, discretion. If you want to recruit people with disabilities, we do at Performance Plus rehabilitative care we have a talent pool of individuals and we also have a network across canada of other organizations like us who also you know have a talent pool so if you're looking to recruit for a specific occupation then we would talk to you about your needs what are you looking for um you know more specifically what are the uh, skills and competencies that you require for this particular job we would come back and we would match that particular candidate to your needs then uh, we could help you with the uh, the, the actual makes making some recommendations for the um, the recruiting process, the hiring process, the onboarding process. So you wouldn't have to do that alone. If you come to recruit from one of our um, persons with disabilities, a job seeker who's seeking uh, a particular uh, job in in the workplace, then we would support that process and. There's a network of service providers. We're not the only ones, right? Yeah. So you could work with your local service provider if you're in another city. You know, there are several across our city here in Ottawa and across the region. And Linda, it seems to me in, in reading some of the questions, there are people interesting in in starting a process with uh, with you reaching out. Can you can you explain for us briefly what that process looks like? So if I phone. Linda this afternoon and say, Linda, we really, you know, aspire to be an accessible workplace. We need some help. Like, what is that? Where does it, the process go from there, Linda? Generally, what I do is I like to have that conversation. People will e email me and I'll say, well, let's book a consultation. So we have a time to talk so I can probe for your needs, find out more about your organization, about its culture, of course. Um, and, and uh, you know, what, 
what type of framework you might be looking for, where are you at now, you know, what supports, where should we begin? Um, and then we can put together a framework for you in terms of a strategy to help you and outline. We can do education and, uh, and, and training for you and with you, whatever your specific needs might be. But we'll have that discussion and we can put a proposal together for you. If you are looking to recruit from our talent pool and you do need supports around education, we, we are here and we can provide those supports for you as well. Okay, that's a really important point. So it can, uh, we can, uh, your a prospect can start a conversation with you, needs requirements, recommendations, proposals, or uh, uh, option number two, Linda, is someone can phone you and say, Linda, we want to, we really want to jumpstart this yeah. and and start recruiting someone. And, and I guess you'd you'd want to feel comfortable and confident that you can accommodate those people. But we're confident about that, Linda. So. Let's talk and talk about we, some openings we have. For sure. And we will support the accommodation process and help with that. Identify the person's needs. If you're looking to recruit an individual, we will make that very easy and very straightforward for you. And uh, we've never talked about this before. So that pool of candidates of people with disabilities, mm -hmm. is that uh, is that a large database that you have? How do you how do you identify the people? How do you vet the people? Talk to us a little bit about that, Linda. So actually, we do advertise our services to people with disabilities. So we do, you know, we have a social media campaign and uh, people find us by word of mouth as well. And we get referred uh, referrals from other organizations. And as I said, we're part of larger uh, community networks uh, that serve people with disabilities. And, um, you know, we are part of the Employment Ontario um, uh, integrated employment services. So effective January the 1st, we're going into a new business model. There's lots of supports there for employers who want to engage anyone who comes from a marginalized group, including people with disabilities. So don't hesitate to reach out and we'll make those good connections. Yeah, I think that's such an important point just to underline again, that there there is help there. So if you if you want to make this a reality and we'll move maybe to some of our takeaways because you're I know you're all you're a very action oriented person Linda that if you want to make some progress on this it is possible it's it, it's it's not a mountain to climb you're here to help there's other community resources so let's bring up our our um uh, our takeaways for today's session we'll bring those on screen and um, maybe we'll start uh trying to put some of this uh theory and practicality into action so, yeah, you know, we're talking about making that commitment to be inclusive and accessible. So I think it begins with that first commitment. You know, what is it that you want to do? And, you know, you're not going to get there tomorrow. You're going to get there gradually. We're still working on our processes. Trust me, it's it's a work in progress. And I think the standards are there really to guide you along the way to say, hey, these are some of the things that you need to, to do. We talked about, you know, uh, the leadership. Leadership needs to make that commitment because it has to come from the top. But it, everybody needs to be involved and everybody needs to participate. And then leadership, of course, has to com commit those resources. What is it that you need? What is it that it's going to, you know, what is my plan for the year? If you start now, then you will be ready if, if this does come into regulation, right? And you will be attracting great talent when they see that you're inclusive, especially those that millennial generation. And, you know, we want you to create a plan, but we know that you're going to need some supports along the way. And, you know, change is a process. It's a journey, just like your career is, right? So, you know, if you undertake 
you know, undertake a good plan with a, a great framework. And, you know, but it all begins with that commitment. Am I committed to doing this? And we said, we are committed. So we're going to call you on it. And so, Michael, you know, I've called you on a few things over the years and said, you know, Michael, you could make this better if you did this, this and that. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's really it's about that. It's about education. And employers will say, you know, I can thank Performance Plus because now I'm an inclusive employer and they guided me. I hired some of the people. They guided me. They, they And those employers have won awards for accessibility. You know, so it's it's possible. It's 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 really quite easy and very possible. And you don't have to do it alone. In fact, I was just—I was just in thinking about this. So, thirty years ago, think about how things have progressed, right, Linda? So, thirty years ago, it was probably pretty tough to integrate someone with a disability into your work. Not impossible, pretty tough. Today, it's easier, right, because of technology, yes. work from home. So, so this is some—this is something that we can deal with. For sure, for sure. And I mean, and I think the most important thing is that. When I talk to employers and I sit with the human resource manager or the business owner and I'll say, don't worry, we're here to step, help you every step of the way. And they go, oh, my goodness, that makes me feel so much better. Right? Yeah. It's just removing that fear, really. Yeah. So if you reach out, we can have a conversation and I would be more than pleased to assist you. Great. Let's let's bring up your uh, contact information and as, as that's happening. I just want to harken back to the last uh, live, live broadcast uh, we did with you. And you said you know, don't forget the business case for this, right? So uh, you're you're increasing your pool of potential employees uh, and you're signaling to the rest of the people in your organization, you're elevating, in my estimation, your culture uh, around have, being a great employer. So uh, there's business case for this too. You've always said that to me. Yes. So here's Linda's information. Um, pprc.ca is the website. Uh, you're on social media. I follow you, Linda. You get some good posts uh, that, and people can follow along. And just one thing as we wrap up here. So the accessibility standards that we were talking about here, is this a link that we could send out to people, Linda? Yes, I can send you the uh, the draft okay. review. Sure. I can send that to you, Michael. I was thinking about that this morning, actually, that people may want to have access to that. Okay, that's excellent. So we'll get that link from you and pass it on to all of the uh, registered uh, attendees today. By the way, that's one of the reasons to, to register. We have people saying, I'll just watch it live. I don't need to register. If you register with uh, us if, uh, for these uh, live webinars, then we can send you extra resources. Well, Linda, we're going to wrap up now, but I want to thank you for what you do in the community. Um, what, a, what an incredible milestone that's coming up for you, 30 years of helping integrate people with disabilities. That's uh, that's a big impact on the community. So thank you for your personal efforts, your team's efforts, and and uh, wish all the great uh, people at PPRC a fantastic 2024. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> all right. And that was Linda Simpson from PPRC. Uh, another great conversation. Always keen to speak with her. And uh, as I said a couple of times now, she brings those that concept of wanting to be a good employer and the practicality of why you need to work on it, how to work on it. So we'll be sure to uh, send uh, send some follow-up information to all of our registered um, attendees here today. So look, we're going to wrap up, but I want to remind everyone that you can visit obj.ca website uh, for daily news uh, updates. We talk about all issues, by the way. It's, you know, sometimes it's uh, merchant acquisitions, sometimes it's technology financings, but we get into a lot of these uh, HR topics. Uh, Sarah on our reporting team is 
is kind of our specialist in that. So we do some of these uh, this coverage. Uh, I also highly recommend you subscribe to our uh, email newsletter, OBJ Today. Um, I know we all have too much email in our inbox, but this, I swear to goodness, is a time saver. You you sub, you go to obj.ca, sign up, and basically in about 30 seconds, 60 seconds or less, you can scan all the headlines of today. You can find out what events we're working on, uh, maybe awards programs that we're launching. And for those of you following on or watching us on YouTube, I encourage you to like this video uh, and click the red subscribe button at, uh, and then the bell icon. If you click the bell icon, the bonus is you get notifications uh, when we post new videos. That's all the time we have uh, for today. I want to thank uh, Paula for helping put this show together and Lisa uh, and also uh, Wendy for her role. And of course, the great people at PPRC. I encourage you to reach out to them if you want to up your uh, inc inclusivity in 2024. Thanks for watching today. Hope to see you soon. So long, everyone. Bye-bye.